Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but when I'm putting in work, I need a good coffee break to help me get through the rest of my daily adventure. This is Coffee Break, a bi-weekly recap episode getting into the heads of the players and their characters, discussing what they just encountered the previous week. So sit back, sip some good brew, and enjoy. Welcome to Coffee Break. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be talking about episode 10. Um, COVID edition. Of, what is it? COVID edition. COVID on, edition. On Zoom. COVID <laughs> edition of Coffee Break. Yes, we're yes. on Zoom. But we're on Zoom for two reasons. We're on Zoom because obviously COVID, one of our members who shall not be named, uh, tested positive. Um <laughs> And we love Josh uh, with all of our heart, but, you know, we don't want to throw him under the bus like that. Totally, Uh, totally. (laughs) Two, uh, we have Jason uh, with us, and we thought it was uh, good and appropriate and right uh, that he jump on since he was uh, had a guest seat at our table uh, and role played the hell out of uh, Ari Star. So yeah, he did. uh, Yeah, Yeah, he did. So, yeah. Jason, uh, welcome to our coffee break. We're excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. I listen to these, so I, I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually listen to these. So what, uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, on that note, I've had a lot of people just kind of affirm our coffee breaks and the coffee yeah. break uh, content being something that's actually pushed people into, like, listening to the actual, like, podcast. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Coming at it backwards. So cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right, let's do a quick recap of the episode. So the episode starts uh, with you guys outside the wall at Quill Rock. You guys deliver the package that um, Onyx gave you. Uh, When that happens, a mysterious uh, person reaches out to Fen, uh, who turns out to be Ari Star. Um, you guys have a quick chat. You go back to Ari Star's um, secret hideout, not secret, not so secret in the middle of the city. Um, <laughs> and really, it was just at that point, it was like a big lore dump. Uh, here's who I am. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what I know. Uh, here's how I'm kind of aligned with you. And, um, you know, here's how we kind of uh, are cut from the same. What's the what's the phrase? Cut from the same cloth. Um, and the group decided. Cloth cut. Just, uh, this this one is has yes it's. <laughs> have uh, you never been to Hobby Lobby? Yes, cloth is cut. I, I can't say I have been, but Michael's. Someone's yeah. never been to Joanne Fabric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you guys uh, have a you guys have like a little team meeting. Talk about what you're going to do. You decide that you're going to go to Finn's because uh, Finn's parents because you guys need to get a uh, something to open the uh basically to give you access to the uh to to the plane the lab you guys want to go to yeah the lab um which actually you found out is um uh the labyrinth not the laboratory um so you guys take a a a short long rest uh get all your stuff back head over to finn's house uh where you search the house and two two things happen one you find the marble that you need uh, in order to uh, get the access to the plane that you're going to. And you also run into Fen's parents, uh, where you learn that they actually stood up against uh, the black line and uh, Norlorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was Finn, a scene of Fen's again. parents coming through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course, this, the episode uh, ends with Ari Star 
bamfing out with Ben's parents. Uh, and actually you guys open the box and you find that the the red guy who attacked you guys back at the Toothless Troll uh, was in the box. <laughs> we, we literally had a dick in the box. Like that was a... <laughs> yeah, dick in the box. It was a red rock. Was that confirmed? I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but I, we, he said a bunch of body parts. And right before <laughs> that, we were singing... <laughs> Uh, what's so, funny is it was funny is I think I blocked that part out. I don't remember that part. <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah. Um general general thoughts on the on the um on the I, I keep wanting to say episode, session, episode, whatever. Yeah. It's an episode, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll say um just going into it, knowing uh having a, a really good idea or thinking I had a really good idea of all the things that um we were going to do and kind of laying out this plan of, Hey, following this person and um, going into what I thought was laboratory, not labyrinth <laughs> and what I envisioned this laboratory would be, which was like a building. And, and of course, I mean, there were so many surprises. I think it was so, it was just like one of those things where, um, you know, like you could try to plan out a million ways or a million things that you think are going to happen and that you'll encounter. And, walk into the session and be so totally wrong but um it was so uh good to go through and i had a wonderful time doing it um but yeah i, I thought it was it was great i think like i said i i went in with so much um just kind of planned more pre-planned probably than i've maybe ever done before <laughs> and, and nothing really nothing happened the way i thought it was gonna happen so but you know i think you did a fantastic job like rolling with the role play of that to be honest with you right it's like everything you thought would happen didn't happen but it was still all centered around you so you still yeah. had to kind of play into that and figure out what how would Finn react to this um and i thought you did a great job uh, doing that. that even when and, uh, even when go. uh what well, i mean we'll we'll get to this i'm sure later but when we got into that battle in the house <clears throat> and you were wrestling with like what <clears throat> What do I, how should I feel about this? Per like, what do I want out of this person? And Derek's killing the dude. I'm chopping dude's <laughs> fingers off. <laughs> and you're like getting mad at us. And I'm sitting there like, what does he want? I don't know what he wants. All right. I just, I, I swing some swords at him. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you that, like played that, that into it. It did, get, it did get pretty gruesome. Yeah. And Frick, what, and what the heck is Fen's voice going to be? We kept having the conversation with Ari Star about. I mean, we we weren't a part of those conversations, but like we still, I still listen to the episode. Like, <laughs> what is Finn's voice? Like, what, what was the deal with that? Yeah, yeah I guess you... I guess the thing that we we uncovered in that is that we don't know yet what his voice sounds like, but we are getting a sense that he his voice is not what we think it is, um, which is quite interesting since we're 10 sessions in or nine sessions or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah and, and I think, and the biggest thing for me, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say the biggest thing for me was like recognizing, um, that there wasn't always like a good point where everybody was together. And I, I kind of wanted to give it all, all out in like one shot, shout to everybody before, um, you know, like, I'd have to do it multiple times and have everybody just react. Cause I know how everybody's going to do if I do it to like two people and then 
it and Derek's not in there or someone else is not in there, they're going to be like, hey, what, what's going on? And then I have to explain it again. So I was like, I want to get it when we're all together. And <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and uh, Anthony had given me that little like uh, piece of lore for Finn. And I was like, oh, cool. I can use this to throw him under the bus. I mean, to prove to him that I've known him for a long time. I mean, <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And so th- like, this was really fun for me for this episode because as I think you guys know, and I don't know if the listeners know, but Anthony and I have been working on this campaign that you guys have been going through since for a year now, Anthony since January of last year. And I mean, this is your world, but we talk what every two weeks and pump new information and we pump new ideas and stories and like hooks and build out the world and, and plug for Jason's consulting services. (laughs) Yeah. It is a thing I do professionally. Yes. But I, I love doing it with Anthony because it's so much fun to didn't be able to sit down and listen to the episodes and see how it all played out. And, uh, and then, so then to suddenly get to step into that world, um, <clears throat> was was a lot of fun, but I was also really nervous. Like Anthony had to make me a cheat sheet of like, don't say this, but you can say these things <laughs> because I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in my ability to remember what you guys have discovered yet or what was an idea I had thrown out three months ago that then we later changed a month later. And I was like, oh, wait, is it still like that? Wait, do they know about? No, okay. I'm gonna look at my cheat sheet um, and trying to, to fulfill my role uh, in the game. Like you just said, like to be a lore dump kind of character, but also to progress the story, but to do that in a way that was both tantalizing and fulfilling. So Ooh, that there word was, there yeah. was, uh, I mean, shoot, he, dro- he dropped words in the episode. He dropped words now. Like Jason's <laughs> all he's, tan- he's, tantalizing. It's all about the word. I, ha- for this hey, I may be from South Carolina, but I have a vocabulary. <laughs> What was it? Was it was reticence? I think that was, yeah. that was the big word that cut, that got all of us. Yeah, everyone kind of looked at me, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Uh, like I know this might be some reticence to go to my residence, and Blake's like, "I, I think my I head hurts." Yeah, you're, yeah, you're using a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. there was the three categories in the in the notes that I gave him. One was like things that I really need you to say that like they need to come out right now. Uh, then there were things like, yeah, things, you know, feel free to say it if like they press you or if the topic gets brought up or like, I think there was actually one line that I actually grayed out and I was like, this is a huge, 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 like, um, not spoiler, but like, you know, piece of info that I'm waiting for the right moment to come out and you can say it only if they linger on this conversation for like 10 minutes or more. <laughs> and then there was like a, a, a bucket that was like, under no circumstances, I will kick you under the table, throw your mic across the room. Do not say these things. <laughs> like, it's not time yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that, that part you told me not to say about Blake's origin story was really cool, too, so. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Or am no, I he's not. not. He's not. <laughs> but Blake's not here, so, you know. Which is why I said it. Uh, <laughs> I, I will. I will say this. This probably was the first time that Berg ever felt like morally and like in like in his like being outside of just like thinking he's supposed to be with this group, but also being like, okay, I can actually get behind what they're doing. So it's not just like I feel like this is the right group. It was also like, okay, now they're doing the things that like actually I believe will bring balance to the world, not the 
So it was the first time that I like my character ever really felt like I was like, all right, I I made the right decision. Um, this is the right group to be to be with. Was this was this like after hearing the story or getting like kind of the background from Ari Star? Or like when I guess when what was it that um, where Berg started to feel that way? What was like that trigger? That last sentence that he said. The the conversation with with uh, Ari Star helped a lot because previous in previous Ooh, episodes yeah. Berg had always uh, related balance and what he believes is like truth to creation, um, and that recognition or realization of the who's who's the thing to marvel at the the carpenter or his work. Um, and like the, there being a creator of the created order, uh, that was something that was like really profound and like wise to Berg, which then allowed him to start seeing what different people in the created order were doing and how that was affecting like balance. Even the, like he didn't fully understand what I, I, as the person who played Arugula understood what he was saying as an Asimar, and how he wears the um, markings of his own decisions and how the rest of us, it just, the world, it, the, we basically affect the world. Um, so that was, that was fun to kind of try and not step out of character, but try and like get little tidbits. Of, yeah. I think I, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you real quick too, uh, Thomas is like, what was it like for you no longer playing uh, arugula and then getting all this lore dump stuff that is like very specific and relatable to a character that you aren't playing and your character doesn't know about like because i think anthony told me later like you're like gripping like white knuckling the table like just freaking out like what was that like for you <laughs> oh it was it was impossible i was like i wanted to say so like so many things a bit that I knew about like Grail and like questions that I had about Grail that I was like, okay, what I know I told them this. Why don't they remember this? Why don't they remember that Orin <laughs> was the warden of Grail? And I'm like typing stuff on my computer and trying to show it to Derek to like be like, hey, hey. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not reading that. <laughs> yeah, it was it 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 was really cool. Um fun to I guess just listen because it was it I didn't talk too much in those conversations because I was like, I don't really, Berg doesn't really have anything to add. Like this is the first Asimar I've ever come in contact with. So it's like, not really, um, I'm just kind of taking in. And it was, a, it was a time where I could just kind of sit back and just listen to everything. I think fun. that the cool thing about it though, Thomas is it, you know, Anthony can make a decision to move us forward and move the story forward. But at the same time, I felt like there was some level of care and concern that as a DM, he was giving to you, Thomas, for the sake of a character that isn't even in the story anymore. So it's like all of us as character or as players invest in a character. And we all want to see our character come to the arc of their story, you know, and you've had a character who passed away and gave up of himself. And there's a piece of that that never got to fully be like realized and come to fruition. And that that's hard for the player. It's not just about the story, but it's hard for the player. And I just think that it felt like more than just lip service. Like it felt like a, um, 
and and more than just a nod or homage too, but almost like a sense of like there was like motivation and drive and passion and purpose given to Finn and transition to the team. But there was some sense of completion that was given to you, Thomas, in that session in a unique way, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely, mm -hmm. definitely agree with that. And even the fact that we're now, how it tied into us deciding to go and, well, to be determined what we end up actually doing next episode. But <laughs> the fact that we're planning on going to Grail and like messing up this new guy, Norlorn, who we just found out about. Well, I'm pumped. here's the thing that excites me and I may be jumping ahead. I don't know if you had prepped questions here, but <clears throat> <laughs> this is, I loved this session a lot. It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> and I think, I think some of the like hard parts and I've, I've talked about this on coffee breaks. I've talked about this with you guys individually. There comes a point when there's tension about what direction we go if the story is centered on you, which it was on Kaladin for a long time, I as a player felt the pressure of the decisions that needed to be made on how we move the story forward, which means that if something went wrong or if the story, like it just goes off the rails, I felt responsible for putting the party in that situation. Why? Because we were finding my mom. This feels a lot bigger right it's like we're going to like kick some kick some tail of an oppressive like uh mm -hmm. evil regime or or entity and it's like we'll see some of that other stuff i'm not worried about calvin's story i'm still excited about calvin's story and i want to see that art come to fruition i'm excited about blake's story i want to see that art come to fruition but it feels it felt refreshing because it was the first time where the arc itself wasn't mm -hmm. centered around Kaladin. And I just felt like that was that was nice. Uh, it gave purpose to the group outside of outside of me. <clears throat> and we got to learn stuff about Finn, <laughs> Frick. Oh, <laughs> like the that character. Like we we got probably I don't know. All I'm this is probably way overestimation of what came out in Finn in the first nine episodes, but maybe ten percent. I feel like we jumped that to like at least 30 or 40% just in this episode well, of it's what like we Finn, know about Finn. Finn was always like, the black line, the black line. I need to stop the black line. Blood. <laughs> blood, blood. Oh, I'm sorry. Blood, blood. <laughs> and, and it was like not even, it never even scratched the surface. So like even him, like not really realizing. And this, this gives context to the parents and like, you know, what was really happening. And I mean, you could talk more about how that felt Finn, but. Yeah, I think, um, I think it goes back to my initial statements just about, you know, preparing, like I prepared for scenarios like, Hey, you know, like I was, I told you guys, like I was trying to avoid being seen. Right. I didn't want to be seen in Quill Roth by anybody that might know me. And that, that included like my parents. And, um, you know, I've even thought about, well, if I encounter my parents, you know, what would I do? Would I be upset? Would I like lash lash out at them? Would I, you know, what what would I do? Um, and I think the last thing on my mind was me ever finding out, um, you know, that they were really forced into the position that they were in. 
and um you know have some sort of like reconciliation uh that, that was dope that was like the last thing that i ever could even i'd never even comprehended that would be something it was more of like how do i avoid them if i do have to confront them you know like you know how 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 should i handle it well yeah, i so was it was poetically beautiful i mean everything about that scene it the the piano and the music, the everything as you listen to it, <laughs> just puts you. It just puts you in it. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think one so of the good. things that that Anthony and I had talked about previous to this episode was like, well, we we need to make sure that Finn's probably going to want to do a couple of things here if the the party goes here, and we had talked about a version of events that left the party here very, very for a very short time. And then we're like, well, we need to let it breathe a little bit. And Anthony, you can kick me under the table if I do too much. But um, but uh, I, I think I think what we what Anthony did, maybe accidentally, maybe on purpose, is instead he let it breathe, the whole arc breathe and center around you, Finn, so that the thing that you did not want to confront, you ended up having to confront. And yeah. so forcing confrontation, forcing all yeah. the feels can lead to such great storytelling, such great narratives and character growth and lore and all the things that I think people come to Dungeons and Dragons for. And so by kind of possibly, you know, your worst fears coming to light, it ended up being a really, really good thing. Yeah, yeah. that scene. It's so good. And honestly, like uh, what Kaladin said to Finn right after that scene was really birthed in like a player's connection to you, Scott, in that moment to just like, yeah, dude, we got some daddy issues and it's never what they appear to be. And I'm glad to find you that arc for you find healthy and good closure. Whereas uh, I think Kaladin's feeling in that moment, like I'm grateful for Finn because I am not confident that I will find the same. Mm. So it's like, I think that my relationship with my father is lost. And so there's a joy that Kaladin feels and camaraderie and like for you that like, yeah. yes, at least it's not lost for both of us. Mm. Um, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, we're, to, we're, we're talking about the empire now. <laughs> what do you call it, <laughs> Dad, Daddy? <laughs> Dude, that was so funny because, like, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just like, you know, the empire, and I'm like, that's what it's called, right? It's a kingdom, empire, something. I don't know. But then I, when you kind of called me on it, like, empire, what are you talking about? I was like, the Westlandian Empire, and you're like. I wouldn't call it an empire. I was like, well, what do you call an oppressive regime that, you know, persecutes those who are different or chooses to believe in God. And I, as I was saying, it, I was like, yeah, they kind of are the empire, like me, Jason. And then you're like, I was like, what do you call it? And you're like, daddy. And I'm like, I gotta go now. I don't know how to know. Uh, it was such a great line. Just at the moment it killed me. Uh <laughs> would, would that make Kaladin a uh, Sith apprentice or, mm. or whatever? <laughs> no, it's more like it's more like so it's more like Anakin 
So I might become bad, but I have a choice to make. But I was birthed <laughs> from see, the empire. <laughs> Did did we get everything out of Scott like from that scene? Like I, I feel like I want to hear more. Um, yeah. Like what was going through your head? How were you feeling? That came out of nowhere. You had to totally improvise the whole scene with your dad. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I think it was so hard for me. I think I really like felt. You know, I think there's a part building up to me where, of course, we realized. Um, kind of slowly realized as we realized the condition that they were in um, and that, you know, you could kind of tell like the whole time going through the house, you know, there was those signs like you were telling us that there was, um, you know, for us that it was clear that certain things hadn't been used in a long time and all this. So once we found, um, found them, uh, you know, where they were, uh, <clears throat> it was more of like, I was excited to, to hear to, to hear what they had to say, you know, and, and to find out what had been going on and what, what had happened. Like, it was just like everything had changed, even in my mind as a player, just about what I, you know, I thought about them and the reasons I left home. And mm. um, so I think all those things were changing as we the, the conditions of the house were being described. I think initially I thought like, OK, um, you know, maybe uh, they're not alive anymore. Um, and, and then as we, you know, kind of you had the battle and then went in and, and found out where they were, were being held, um, you know, definitely, you know, I was like, wow, this is, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was crazy to feel that. I mean, I, I, I literally felt that uh, like my, my inside, like emotionally just me change and, uh, it was a very heartfelt moment that was like very true. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I had to dig hard for. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you think it's similar to like when, when we're growing up, we have a certain relationship with our parents as kids, then we become, you know, teenagers and, and young adults and we have a different one. And it's not until we're older that we realize that they didn't know what they were doing either. And just kind of like trying their best. And it gives us a new perspective on our parents in real life when we realize like, well, no, I mean, I'm the same age as my, my dad was when he had me and I have no idea what I'm doing. Then you realize, Oh yeah, he didn't either. And you realize that they're just people making their choices the best they can for their families or for the people they love. And it's, it's one of those things where you have this, it's a leveling up moment as a human to kind of realize and to see the people who raised you in a different light. And, mm -hmm. uh, 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 it's just yeah. the means you were talking. I was like, yeah, that, that, that sounds that's familiar. Yeah, that's a really good example because, you know, I think you you think you know the answers. Right. And it's hard until you go through some experiences yourself um, and, and realize and even sometimes it's not even going through experiences yourself. It's learning of others, cir others, um, circumstances and things like that, that you just, you know, you gain so much more perspective and appreciation and empathy um towards others once once you've been exposed and so i think you know finn having an opportunity to be exposed more and then hearing their story and understanding what happened to them um you know really helps shape that shape that i think for me like just from a dm perspective like there's so many oh campbell is finally here um 
there's so many like little um, like surprises or plot hooks or like um, not tricks up my sleeve, but just like things in a bag that I'm, I'm like excited to pull out and give to you guys. Um, I think this was probably the biggest one. I mean, so what we're on episode 10, but we've been playing, I think 26 games now. I think this is probably the biggest one that I was like, excited to pull out and kind of put on the table and be like, Finn, this is something I have like for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this for everybody. Every, everybody has something. There's something in my bag for everyone. I'm like Santa Claus or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I just thought it was really, it was fun for me to finally get to like put one of those things in front of you guys and see what you do with it. How do you respond to it? What does it do to the story? You know, what, what emotions, you know, come out. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, it's no surprise. I see this like every, every time I play D and D for story. And so that was like a big, like storytelling catalyst and moment. So I, I, I really loved, I liked that scene a lot. Yeah. I, I think that, like, I think uh, you said before uh, Kaladin, just like, not only was it something directly pivotal for Finn, but then when it comes to it for Berg, it's indirectly pivotal for Thomas because of the arugula stuff. And I think mm. that for the other party members, it, while it didn't directly affect them, I think it, what it does is it sets up opportunities for Anthony to, to reach into his bag and ho, 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 you know, and, and to bring those things out for his, uh, for the rest of the team. And so I think Anthony be hoeing. <laughs> Um, it's it, it, it's so wild like one of the, this is one of the things that's made me fall in love with just like playing D and coming together and just doing this campaign something that, like i a, never thought i'd right, hear thomas say right ever. like a year and a half ago if you would have told me that this was this was the ne- <laughs> this was how 2020 was going to happen like outside of all the craziness like i would have been no 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 way but i think one of the really cool things is that you can't prep i guess you can't really prep your character to like put up emotional walls to like maybe stop some of those natural responses that just happen. And I mean, that's one, like one of the things with when like arugula died, I like, I hadn't cried probably in like a couple of years and I just started bawling. Like I didn't, and I had no clue like where it was coming from, why it was happening. But I was just like, it was something like, I just, I, I wasn't able to rationalize it. I wasn't able to like think through it it just happened. And I like, it was like an immediate response. And I think like similarly with like you, Scott, and what I was like witnessing with like you and your parents. And it was like, it was almost like you were putting yourself Scott in like Fen's shoes and like, Hey, no, these are actually my parents. Um, and like responding. And you know, I mean, that's one of those just beautiful things about the game and actually like embracing the role play side of it. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think it was hard to even do the role play just because I was feeling first and, and then it's like, okay, what do I say? Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. And that's the power of D and D is it gives us a place to experiment, a place to feel a place to explore our morality that is both inconsequential and very important at the same time where you can try out what it feels like to, 
lose your parents or what it feels like to sacrifice yourself or what it feels like to, to just, you know, murder somebody. You don't like them. Um, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself questions like, well, is this the kind of person I really want to be? Or is this just someone who I'm pretending to be for a while? Or did I discover something new about myself and I have to go call my dad now, you know, <laughs> or, <laughs> or all of you judgmental people, what it feels like to loot an old lady's house after her town's been destroyed. Okay. We all need to experience things. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, Thank you hey, very listen, much. Everyone goes leave her, but leave her pearls, leave her pearls. <laughs> what is she going to clutch in fear jewelry. when you're gone? <laughs> Uh, Ample, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You got me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. What's give up, guys? Give us your thoughts on the episode. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a great Erdo-centric episode, you know? <laughs> yeah. It just, I liked how, like, every single plot point kind of led back to Erdo. That was really cool. <laughs> it's, it's like... I, I er felt I felt Erdo, that's love. episode Erdo, that's episode 14. We haven't done coffee break for that one yet. Oh, yeah. oh 10 through 14. Awesome. So that's yeah. like all Erdo's episodes. I get yeah, it. it's the, the, the Erdo saga. Uh, I'll tell you this, though, uh, Campla is so I sat next to you during the game. And like, I literally I think I told you this that night you said your first thing as Erdo and my head just like turned. It looked right at you. Like <gasps> he did the thing. Um, <laughs> like, like it was like this childlike glee of like, we oh, starstruck. Oh my gosh. Like, cause I was just like, who, cause like, I remember telling Anthony originally, like, <laughs> Um, telling uh, the DM is just like, who is this guy? Like Erdo, like, what is that voice about? And then I just kind of fell in love with it after a while. And then you started doing it. And I was just like, yay. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's encouraging. I think that, like Erdo's voice took a long time for me to get used to myself, you know, when I first started it until it just kind of came on its own. Yeah. So knowing that people recognize it is, is kind oh, of a yeah. weird, a weird thought, you know. One day when we're rich and famous and everyone knows us by our voices, <laughs> we'll look back on these days. <laughs> they, they won't. They won't know us. They'll just know the characters. They'll just yeah. know. <laughs> Campbell will be on a stage in some in some like football stadium in front of you know hundreds of thousands of people, and he'll just get up to the microphone and say. I understand. And then I'll go wild and everybody will like, yeah! We understand too. <laughs> and I'll be backstage wiping you. a tear. I was first. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, I love it. So for the episode though, seriously, I thought it was really cool, like tying into Finn, because I feel like a lot of Finn's backstory has just kind of been um, in the background and something we don't really talk about a whole lot. So actually going in and saying, okay, there's more depth to Finn's character. I was really excited about that. Um, meeting parents and, and kind of his background just in general. It was neat to get that delve a little bit deeper. I really and appreciated we were, that. We were talking about like the, like sort of all you guys knew before that episode was Black Line and Blood. Right. But, um, you know, with Ari Star kind of, saying more about the black line and Norlorn and everything uh, just the picture became a little bit bigger as to what the black line is. What's the purpose of it? What's the blood? Uh, and I actually don't think you guys actually got every thing about the blood. There's still some things that were left unsaid. Um, 
So yes. Yeah, oh gosh, I was trying to get freaking them to pull out the blood vials that we've been keeping in that bag. Yeah, of you holding. mentioned it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kept. But I, I kept thinking about it, and then when we were in the house, I had thought about. Um, I had thought about dropping the vials of blood, like breaking them over where the dead bodies were from the people. Um, oh. but, I, but the emotion of the moment, I totally forgot about it. And so it's like, once the moment in it, I, I kept, it's like the second time I've like thought back, I'm like, crap, I forgot to do that thing. I thought about in game, but it's like, you know, super emotional moment centered around Finn uh dm i turn around and throw the vials of blood on the dead bodies you know it's like it, you just it's not the first thing you want to do so it's it, it's right here in my bucket list it's i know it's weird but it's here um uh, dm while finn is being reunited with his uh family that he has and all i just want you to know i throw vials of blood at the wall uh, and does anything happen <laughs> yeah I mean, I feel like that is exactly what arugula would do. So, if Calvin, if you're trying to play arugula, I mean, Dude, you know what? You He's know got what, some though? pointers for you. It feel, it would have felt like when arugula died, and the first thing Derek said in like a super emotional moment is, "I take a bump of his ashes." <laughs> like, I love that. I love that so because it was like it, that was like literally it was like Derek playing Blake Clark. It wasn't like necessarily something like Blake Clark would do. It was like. Oh, Derek doesn't want to deal with this super emotional scenario. So <laughs> totally. he's gonna 100%. try and make it make it like a, like get a laugh out of it. And I, I loved Derek it so much. Was, I wish yeah. Derek was here. He would agree with that. Just so everyone knows, we're not saying that just because Derek's not here. He would actually agree with that statement. <laughs> on, so, on the point of Derek, I'll say he told me about this episode that of all 26 games y'all have played, this one is his favorite. And what he loves about it is and interestingly, um, uh, I'm not surprised he said it because um, when I approached this session, because we had a guest, I basically prepped it like I would a one shot. Um, and I thought I need to have a character come into the story, a meaningful moment with that character, and then an outro intro, you know, it's so like a five paragraph essay or something. And so I was like, I'm just going to prep it like I would a one shot. So there's a seamless in and out for Ari Star. And what Derek loved about this episode was that there was like a, a little narrative arc uh in the inside the episode like, yeah there's a rising action there was a climax and there was a resolution and he loved it just as like one little siloed moment uh in the campaign love that I just, yep. that was really insightful from him yeah and i, I was, agree i'll say this too i was like nervous to come play with you guys not because i think you guys are jerks or anything and i don't know i already kind of like mentioned like the lore stuff but at the same time i'm just like I'll be super honest. I was like, is Blake Clark going to like Ari star or is this going to be your problem? And oh, it's hit or miss, bro. Hit or miss. I know. And so the, so I specifically made sure given Ari star's heritage and uh, he was divine soul uh, sorcerer. So the, um, which I think really worked well for what I was trying to do. I made sure he spoke celestial and uh, because I wanted to have, that in with him and Erdo, which if you go back and listen to that part of the episode, it like worked. Cause I was like, all right, I'm gonna wait for that moment. And I'm going to, but you had a this. choice. You had a choice in that moment, Jason, when he said, um, uh, you said, you do you realize what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that you can take my people 
and gain mm-hmm. powers from my people. That makes you a target. There was a moment with his response that you could have been at enmity with Blake, but your response was, I like this one. Yeah. No, exactly. And I did like this one. And I think part of it was a little meta knowledge, but part of it too, though, was is like, there's a wide gulf between Norlorn and Blake Clark for a number of reasons. But the the key one in that situation was that, yeah, he did that with the ashes of one of my people, but one of my people who found redemption or found fulfillment in noble sacrifice and I'd said to, you know, to, to um, Iceberg, you know, we bear the marks of our morality, our choices in our bodies. And so for him to do that, that's super important. Unlike Norlorn, who is selfishly pursuing and taking choice away from my people for his own selfishness, you know. And so it's a different kind of scenario there uh, where his actions in post don't change anything. Um, but uh, I, I think... Our star recognized that this is a guy who'll keep stuff close to the vest, despite portraying a bit of a fool uh, in in many places. Uh, but that he was going to be okay. But yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, that. What Campbell? Were you part of that conversation when? What What were your thoughts when you like that all was happening and he was speaking in celestial and? Honestly, I was really taken aback. I wasn't sure how to process it as Erdo, you know? I was thinking as like as me as the player, Meta I was like, "All right, how do we make Jason fit in easily?" So it's a fun game, a fun session. And then when like Jason you you came out with Celestial, I was like, "Oh, this is great, but what what do I have to actually talk to Alistar about?" you know? And um and then at the same time I didn't want to like play Erdo like I usually do and give too much information because I didn't I don't know part of part of me was thinking don't do that but at the same time I just wanted to say oh you're my best friend let's let's go and <laughs> you know I don't I don't know so th- I, I was kind of mixed emotions I guess yeah I kind of a cautiously optimistic kind of vibe yeah because I wasn't sure like like part of what I was thinking Anthony might have been doing was you might be coming in as as a bad guy not a good guy you know so I was like all right I don't want to I don't want to just completely trust you because you're sitting next to me, you know? And because um, honestly, if we trusted anyone Anthony threw at us, it would just be disappointing. You know what I mean? It's like, we've got to, <laughs> we've got to be at enmity with everyone. He throws. You guys have trust issues. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, just on that note, I just want to say that our stars plan to successfully kidnap Finn's parents with his permission worked out great. Intelligence was probably definitely has to be a plus 12 on intelligence. <laughs> what <laughs> I was thinking about, I mean, I'm joking more or less, but I was thinking like there was another way to interpret those events where you gave me permission to steal your parents. <laughs> That's Erdo, not what gotta, happened, you... but yeah. that is an interpretation. That, that is the way that it can be interpreted. Very true. In, in the in the next couple episodes, Erdo's got a message Finn's parents just to check in on them. 
Yeah, you get a response. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you getting food? Do you have water? <laughs> yes, they are taking very good care of us. I am also <laughs> holding today's dinner? newspaper. <laughs> Do you have dinner ready? Put, put two thumbs up. Oh, uh, put two thumbs <laughs> You have to send the thumbs up emoji through sending. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, one Gosh. thing, um, total side topic, and I know we need to probably wrap this uh, coffee break, but um, one thing that it will get to find out more about is we tried again, Erdo and I tried again to talk to my dad. Um, mm. And we, the response was, Kaladin knows how to contact me in his quarters. Yeah. And that's, that's a, huh? Um, so that, that's, that would be something interesting to circle back to, but as a point to remember. I don't have a ton of thoughts on it, but I just... It was uh, a little bit of an eyes eyes wide on it. Yeah. So Joshua doesn't know that yet. Is that what I'm hearing? What? Joshua doesn't know how to do that yet. Like you I don't, don't know the I, quarters thing. Joshua doesn't know the quarters thing. Okay, got it. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I I kind of like talking to the ultimum though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. I think we should keep trying. I don't think it's a. Uh, just because oh, just, just, us, just because, yeah, just because you like, have a back door doesn't mean I'm going to stop. That's no, <laughs> we, we should, we should totally, uh, just say like, uh, we'd like to read you a bedtime story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would, I would pay good money for Erdo to say, sorry, that was a butt call. Just call him. Hello. Hello, dad. Uh, I have three spell slots less left. I didn't want to waste them. <laughs> so how you doing? <laughs> Do you have any embarrassing pictures of Kaladin? Uh, that's hilarious. Good well, stuff. this was a great episode. Um, this was an equally good coffee break. Um, Glad to catch up with you guys, Jason. Thanks for making the time to yeah, of course. on this one. It's good to have you then. Great to have you now. Uh, so um, I'm going to say this because we already played the next one. The next episode is, I think, very good. So uh, I'll just say it is. get ready. It's good. And then we'll do uh, Coffee Break on that one uh, next week. So thanks, everyone, for being here. 